Two weeks ago, um, the letter to Ephesus, the focus is on, do you love Jesus? Or where's your love? That, that there's lots of us that do work, but we don't do it out of love. Or you've seen people work not out of love. But that letter is love, is the thing. Today's letter is about faith. I'm going to read the letter, and I'll sort of talk you through it as we go. But I need to say this outright. There are four direct local illusions to what's going on in, in, in uh, Smyrna in here that, that have specific meaning to them. And as we do this, I just want you to just let it wash over you that, that God knows you just as well as he knew them that he could specifically write a letter that was to them as a church. So here it is, the letter to Smyrna, or modern day Izmir. This is, write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from him who is first and last. Now this is part of a local illusion. They loved to be first in Smyrna. They had a, a slogan, first in Smyrna is first in beauty and importance. That's what they, right? So that is just like a slogan that you might hear on a commercial today. If it was Papa John's pizza, it's a better pizza, better ingredients, you know. You, you know, the problem with saying you're going to be first in importance in Asia is that just down the street for them was this city named Ephesus, which was bigger than them and probably more important, actually. And then the next letter, Pergamum, is where the, the prefect or the ruler was. And so to say you're first, but they love to be first. They love to be first. This is the letter to him who is the first and the last. That's a bracketing statement. Do you understand that if you live your life in Christ, he is before you and he is behind you, he is the beginning and the end, that you might be first. And we're going to go into what it means to not be first necessarily in faith. But here it is. Who was dead but is now alive. Now what does that mean to you that Jesus was dead and now alive? Well, let me tell you what I hope it means to you. I hope that you hear all the allusions in the Bible to the first death and the second death, that this goes, this is the rule of order. If you're born once, you get to die twice on earth, and then rejection at the, at the white throne judgment. That would be the second death to be separated from God for eternity. Or you could be born twice and die just once which means you're born as a human and then born in the spirit or born of God, in which case you can't really put, do anything about death, but if you want a way through death, you should begin to trust the one who was dead and is now alive. But that is also a local illusion to Smyrna. Smyrna was uh, destroyed by the Greeks in 580 BC and, and almost... 250 years later resurrected. And they would also say, we are the first, we are the first of, of importance and beauty in Asia. But they would also say, we were dead and now we're alive. And so when you hear this, I want you to hear it the way that they heard it. He was saying this. You think you were dead and now are alive. This is the letter from the one who did die and is actually alive. 
I know you're suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. Now, what do you do with that? If you say literally to me, no, I'm actually, I, I am suffering and I'm very poor. I am in poverty. How does God call me rich? Well, what is the definition of rich throughout the New Testament? The definition of rich is faithful. That, that if you were in James 2, 5, verse 5, it would say that it, God has get, chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. Well, what does it mean to be rich in faith? It means that you have put your hope in God for life. And in this case, not just this life, but the next life, which we're saying, remember, if you're born twice, you only have to die once. But if you're only born once and not born of faith, that has the other connotation to it. And that is throughout this letter. I'm not making this up. This is in this letter very strongly. But I want to do this. I know you're suffering and your poverty, but you are rich in faith. But the but the Smyrna people were, they, they, their whole thing was, we are faithful. And they were so faithful. I want you to recognize that the Romans recognized their faith and built two temples there. Twice Temple Warren was what they were called. And they were so faithful that they built this warrant. It was the national sort of or the localized importance thing is what does it mean to be faithful? And yet they love being first. But let me tell you this. Faith doesn't focus on being first. Faith focuses on being around for the long haul. So I want you to recognize that while you might love being first, faith says, I'm going to stick it out and be there at the end. I am the first and the last. I was before you and I am after you. you I am the brackets on your life is what Jesus is saying. You live in me. Put your faith in me. There is more to this. There is more to this. Here it is. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. What do you do in life when somebody that's supposed to be your friend isn't? How do you react out of that? When things go wrong for you, somebody you trusted turns around and stabs you in the back and undercuts you and do all that. Do you react in the same way that they did, treated you? Now, now, I know some people f- feel really tempted to do this, and I want you to be really careful to, to understand that a life of faith says, I'm not going to react to people the way that they treat me. I'm going to react out of that well of faith and life that that God has put in me. But the Jews were supposed to be their friends and they weren't. And something going on in Smyrna in this time leads people to understand that the Jews were really afraid in Smyrna of losing their exemption to to emperor worship. They were the only people that didn't have to do it. And somewhere along the line, if other people say they're just like you and they should have that exemption, pretty soon the Romans go, nobody gets exempted. 
No, we're not playing this game. But they had this thing, and, the, and so they started coming down and boycotting the, the Christians in this area, and they were very poor because the richest class who were supposed to be their friends were not. I know that you are suffering and of your poverty, but you are rich. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Two things to talk about in here really fast. Remember, way back when we first came into Revelation, I said numbers are, are different in here, 10 Days. The suffering is in 10 days. And so if you were doing this and you're reading this in a scientific age, you'd say, 10 days of suffering, I can go to my calendar and mark the end of it and it'll all be over. But that is not what 10 means in this. 10 is an indefinite period of time, but 10 is smaller than 100 and less than 1,000. So this is a short-term Suffering. It's not going to go on forever. It's bounded by time. That's what 10 days says. I'm going to, I know that you'll be tested. You're suf- you will suffer for 10 days, a small, small amount of time. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Now, crown of life throughout the scripture. The crown of life is something that we give. It's a, it's a, it means this thing that, that Jesus gives us. That means our life is fit for the kingdom. It's ready for the kingdom of God because he is in us. But it is also this. In Smyrna, their coinage was their female deity with a, with a crown on it. And if you had a bunch of those little crowns, you were rich. But in faith, if you have the crown of life, you are rich in life. Do you start to see that Jesus, when he's dictating this letter, actually knows who the people of Smyrna are and he's talking to them in images that they would understand? For us, you might say, for all our forestry people in the, in the Colville area, you might be able to say, this is different types of trees. It would like he would talk about what was important to us. I know you, the soil here is really clay-based and things like that. He would say something like, your grounding is solid. But here, he knows them. And I really want you to hear him knowing them and this crown of life. That the crown of life is for those who have faith, who stick with it to the end. And how do you know the end is there? Faithful even when facing death. The first death in this case Right? The first one, the one you can't avoid. But here's the problem with not understanding. I, I just want you to understand it this way, that we don't actually have a sin problem. We might sin, but the problem with the understanding that we have a sin problem is, is that it's the wages of sin that is the major problem. And what are the wages of sin? Death. So the problem with sin is it gets you to a spot you can't get through without some help. And you get through that help by trusting in Jesus. Well, trust and faith are the long-term aspects. And it doesn't matter when you do it, just that you do it. 
And I, and I need to also talk a little bit about this, that when we were in First um, Thessalonians Wednesday night, we were talking about how activity goes on and what's going on in the world. And First Thessalonians 4, I'm going to paraphrase for it, 4.4, 4, it says something like this. Don't get carried away with the passions of life and the heat of the battle and the heat of the moment. Those that don't know any better or those that don't know God don't know any better. Now, some translations will add that they don't know God and his ways. But in the Greek, it's really specific. If you don't know God, you're going to end up getting carried away in the passions of the moment and, and, just, and, just, and things won't go right for you. But the key to the moment in First Thessalonians is this. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting Lorraine on the spot, but you were there. Wasn't it, isn't it great to know that what happens is when you begin to know God, the behavior and the faith and the trust start to happen. They just start to happen, and that's how you begin to know his ways. The, the truth of the matter here is, is that being in relationship with God is the important thing that creates the ethics, that creates the belief structure, that creates everything, even the trust that allows you to hold on in the difficult times. If you will continue, even in the face of death, I will give you the crown of life. And I said this earlier, right? If you're born once and you're not born of the Spirit, you get to die twice. And that second death is a euphemism for separated from God. But if you're born twice, and if you want to know about what it means to be born twice, you can look at John 3.3 3 or Ezekiel 36, 26, 27, and 28. For I was born not just of a woman, but of the Spirit of God. That, that when you trust Jesus and you get to know God, then your behavior starts to do this, and then your, your behavior changes. You don't get caught up in the moment, but you also begin to have faith and trust because you know the God who's got your back, even in tough times. There's more. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to what the Spirit and listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. This is not just the physical act of hearing. This is take the words to heart and start to understand what God's saying to you. If you're made in his image and restored in his image, then your ears begin to work and you're not just in the vicinity when God's talking, but you're listening and paying attention. If anyone with ears to hear must listen to what the Spirit says and understand what he is saying to the churches, whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Now you might have thought that I, wasn't make, that I was kind of making up all this language, but let's listen to this as a letter to, from God to a church he knows. He really knows. He really knows this church too. He really knows you. And you might have been in churches or other churches where they were kind of cold and the remedy is, is everybody will come to the Lord. But do you know how a church that's cold to the Lord becomes warm to the Lord? Not by a whole bunch of corporate decisions, but by individuals getting to know him together 
like the embers in a fire that are all come together. That's how you change a church. Let's listen to this letter again. Write this letter to the angel of the church of Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. I know your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews. They say they have the life, but they don't live it. But they are not because they, their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw you, some of you, into prison to test you, but you will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. There is no rebuke in this letter for them. That the life of faith doesn't need to be rebuked because it's living close and based on the relationship that they have with God. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. This is a letter of hope. If, if Revelation 2, 1 through 7, the letter to Ephesus was about, don't forget that you fell in love with this God. This one is, don't forget while you're in love with this God to base your life there. Pitch your tent with him. Build your life on that foundation of faith. And that's how you live this life of Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for, for the I am, the first and the last, that you are that in my life, that you are before me and that you're after me and that my life has lived in the middle. May each of us know that we are living in relationship with you both bracketed before and behind, kept safe in you. In your precious name, amen.